Um, so that was uh, super awkward dudes from the 80s. Um, they look more awkward maybe than you think people do now, but there's a lot of awkward people out there right now trying to date. I don't know if you know that. Ladies, did you know that there's some awkward dudes out there? Okay, I don't know if you knew that or not. Fellas, there's some awkward girls out there also. Um, that was just a goofy little kind of example. The last time I taught on dating, I think I showed like the same video clip because it makes me laugh every time. But I figured most of the people that were actually here for that have graduated um, and gone on and there's a lot of new folks in here. So I think it's a funny clip, a bunch of dudes trying to get dates. Uh, chances are very slim that any of those guys got dates uh, after their little video profile uh, came out. So um, <clears throat> Dating, all right, hey, look, I know, hey, guys, listen to me. Um, I know the next two weeks, um, there'll be some giggles, and it'll be funny, and we'll say some stuff that makes us laugh or groan or whatever, um, but this is a very real part of uh, your life. If it isn't now, um, then it will be at some point, and I've got to be honest with you. There is more, uh, more text messages, phone calls, and visits to my office about the next two topics um, than there are anything else um, that I deal with. Um, so it's either you texting me um, or texting Candace and saying, hey, so-and-so broke my heart, or hey, I don't know why she keeps putting me in the fridge, or, um, you know, uh, hey, Josh, uh, we've gone too far physically in our relationship, I don't know what to do, um, or your mom or dad calls me and says, hey, I caught so-and-so doing this, or um, my daughter, my baby girl is dating this guy, and I don't think she's good for him, so I'm going to forbid her to see him, and it's like Romeo and Juliet all over again, um, or whatever. Um, so l- listen to me, seriously. This isn't to like, scare you or anything like this. This is what I do every day, is this stuff. And this is why we talk about it, so we can catch you on the front end. Because I was six months into my first church, and I have a girl who calls me on the phone, an 18-year-old girl, and says, hey, Josh, um, I haven't told my parents this yet, but I'm pregnant, and uh, I'm on my way to get an abortion, and I want to know if you and Candace will go with me. Six months, I'm 24 years old. And I'm like, hold on a second, let's slow down. Right? Or a year later, I have a girl who runs away from home to go move in with her boyfriend uh, who lives kind of in the next town over because her parents, six months before that, had told her that she couldn't see the boyfriend. They continue to see each other. Mom and dad find out they're sneaking around. And so mom and dad um, tell her that she uh, can't leave the house again. They take her car, take her phone, all that kind of stuff. And so she's just like, I'd rather go live with the boyfriend than live with my parents. And so she leaves. And that was 10 years ago, and she's seen her parents like three or four times since then. Right? This is the kind of stuff that comes out of not understanding how God has designed us and created us for uh, relationships with one another. And so that's why we teach about this, and uh, it, we want to have fun with it and kind of uh, be silly, and, you know, we show goofy clips, and we'll tell some funny stories and make fun of me or whatever. That's all fine. But I want us, I want us to be able to, to understand why we're talking about this. Does that make sense, right? And I know some of you are like seventh or eighth grade and you're like, girls still have cooties or whatever. That's cool. Uh, stay that way for as long as you can. Uh, it'll be good because they are trouble. The females are trouble, boys, so stay away. All right, <clears throat> Joey, you got like 12 girlfriends, hush. All right. Yeah, yeah I know you do. All right, <clears throat> Joey, the first summer I was here, you had three girlfriends. I had to tell you to break up with two of them. Uh, you remember that? Do you remember that? Yeah, okay, I remember. I uh, know, you still got three or four, I know. 
All right? Don't be like Joey in that regard. All right. So uh, instead of a key truth tonight, instead of a key truth tonight, key question, okay? We're going to have to fly through this. I got started late, and uh, I got I to gotta wrap up here pretty quickly. So we're going to fly through this, and whatever I don't get to tonight, we'll, uh, we'll hit next week before we get into the other stuff. Cool? So key question, what is the point or the purpose in my dating life? Or quite simply, what is the purpose of dating? What's the point of dating? That's, not a, that's a rhetorical question. That's one that I'm going to ask, and then I'll answer myself in a minute because I like to do that because uh, I'm the one with the microphone. So you don't actually have to answer that one right now, okay? But what is the point or what is the purpose of dating? Think about it for just a second. You don't have to, don't answer it. But what is the point or the purpose of dating, okay? And so how you answer this question, how I answer this question, will determine the direction of my relationships, my date, and when I say relationships in here tonight, we're talking specifically about dating relationships, right? No matter what terminology you're using in 2018, right? Whether you're talking, whether uh, you are dating, whether you're going out, whether you are, uh, right, he gave you a promise ring and he promises to break up with you in six months, whatever that actually means, right? <clears throat> whether you are in love and you know that you're going to spend eternity together, um, whatever, okay? When I'm talking about relationships tonight, I'm talking about in that context, a romantic relationship between a guy and a girl. Let me just straight out of the gate, okay, that we're talking about a guy and a girl relationship, okay, uh, because that's what we see biblically. We'll cover the other aspect of that at an, uh, another time later in the semester. But for tonight, we're talking about how God created relationships between men and women, okay? Cool? Boys and girls, whatever you want to call yourself, all right? So, Obviously, the Bible doesn't mention the term dating or even courtship, which is a, an older form of dating, which looks a little different than dating. The Bible doesn't mention either one of those. Does anybody know why? <coughs> they didn't exist, right? How did marriages come about primarily during that time in this region? They were, they were arranged marriages, right, between families. Families would decide who their children would marry, and there were political reasons and economic reasons and, uh, you know, uh, different reasons, different factors that went in to that. Very rarely during this time period in this region were relationships about love or desire for one another, okay? They were arranged in a lot of ways, in a lot of times, okay? Even still, there is a lot of wisdom and understanding that we can glean from Scripture about our relationships because Scripture tells us a lot about marriage, right? And because we're going to see in just a second that marriage is the end goal of dating, right, or the determination of whether or not you should marry someone, okay, we can learn what dating should look like by learning what marriage should look like. Does that make sense? Okay, because it's the end goal, right? So just like a very basic example, right, if you want to be the best dancer or the best soccer player or the best drummer or the best skateboarder or the best baseball player or whatever, right? You, you don't look at other mediocre or subpar athletes or musicians or whatever to figure out where you need to go. You look at the best, right? And so what we're going to look at in dating is the end goal, right? If you're a skateboarder, right, the end goal is to be like Tony Hawk or somebody. If you are um, uh, a guitarist or you are a drummer, you're going to pick out whoever it is that is in your favorite huge band or whatever, and you're going to aim for something on that level, right? Yeah, if you want to be a drummer and you want to be Tucker or Max, okay, cool. That's what you aim for, right? Okay, all right, aim high, all right? And so 
That's what we're doing with this conversation is we're looking to the end goal, which is marriage, and then we're going to understand a little bit better what it should look like. So <clears throat> let's, um, and again, always keeping this in the back of your mind this semester, 2 Corinthians 5.17, that we're a new creation. And so now we regard no one according to the flesh. We don't regard other people according to the flesh or view them through a worldly lens. We view them through an eternal lens. That means ourselves. We don't view ourselves, our desires, our wants, and our needs based on things of this world. We base them on eternity. And likewise, we view other people, including potential dating partners, as well as our current boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, through an eternal lens. How is our relationship with them affecting their eternity? Are we pointing them to Jesus in the way that we date? Now look, let me just be transparent. Uh, Joey, I'm not sure that you need to comment right now because you're a ladies' man and you may, you may throw everybody off, all right? So um, let me just be honest. I wasn't sitting in the seat that you're sitting in when I was 16 or 17 or 18 thinking, how is my dating going to impact someone's eternity? I wasn't thinking that. And I'm not dumb enough to think that when you walk out this door and you go uh, Snapchat, FaceTime your boyfriend or girlfriend or go drive them home or whatever, that that's going to be the first thought on, in your head, Okay? But I'm telling you that, that Scripture says that that's what we ought to be doing. I get that that's not what's happening, but I'm telling you what is supposed to happen. Do you understand? And I, and I want to encourage you in that, that if, if we're faithful to do that, God will be faithful to reward us for our faithfulness in that. Does that make sense? And if we don't, though God loves you and God can forgive anything, there are still earthly consequences unfortunately, that come out of that, okay? And we'll talk about that this week and next week as well. So biblical dating, and I use that very loosely because there's no such thing as biblical dating, but I think we can date biblically even though scripture doesn't tell us about dating specifically. Does that make sense? So first thing, I got three things, okay? <coughs> Sorry. Biblical dating first begins with the man or the boy going through the girl's family. That sounds really weird. Biblical dating begins with the boy or the man going through the girl's family, okay? And I, I know it's gonna sound like super weird and old school, like where you have to go knock on the front door and be like, hey, Mr. Jones, I'd like to date your daughter, right? Um, it doesn't have to be like that goofy, but let me see, let me tell you this. Um, and I wrote some things down. It's gonna be quicker if I read them instead of getting sidetracked, okay? So this will sound a little different than normal. But uh, this will seem to most students and maybe us parents as well as impractical, archaic, um, and I totally get that, that it sounds super old school and completely disconnected from reality. But I think there's both practical and biblical foundations for this taking place, okay? So when I say that biblical dating means going through the family, I don't necessarily even mean that a boy has to meet with the father, the head of the household, uh, or the female before he ever gets to talk to the girl. But I do think it goes a long way for uh, little Johnny or little Billy or whoever to introduce himself to Susie's parents and declare his attentions from the get-go. Communication in relationships is the key thing. And guys, let me tell you that you're gonna do yourself a lot of favors on the front end if you're upfront and honest with her parents, okay? Rather than you Snapchatting and, and doing a bunch of stuff on the side and behind closed doors and in the dark for six months before uh, homegirls' parents find out who you are and what you're about, right? On the front end, right, 
you don't have to be like, hey, I'm, I'm John and I intend to marry your daughter, right? On the very, at the very beginning, because that's going to be weird and, and dad's going to be like, huh, well, I intend to not let you marry my daughter or ever talk to her, all right? But listen, there's, there's a lot to be said for you as, and look, guys, I'm just going to call you a man, right? Because this is man stuff that we're dealing with, okay? There's a lot to be said for you manning up and saying, hey, Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so, Hey, I would love to hang out with your daughter. I would love to go on a date with your daughter, whatever, okay? On the front end, like, I know you don't have to do this anymore, but, uh, you know, the, the, maybe even, I don't know uh, if, if, how uh, technological we were, Travis, uh, when you were in, in high school and whatnot, but, like, I know the dad's in the room, right? There was a point where if you wanted to call and talk to someone, like, there was a good chance dad was going to answer the phone because you were calling a landline, right, at the house, <coughs> So the first, like, 35 times I called Candace, right, her dad answers the phone. She has her own, this was back in the, like, cell phones, we didn't have cell phones, right? Cell phones existed, but you had to have a lot of money or be like a businessman or something that had to, had to have a cell phone, right? Or a car phone, a bag phone, or whatever. So Candace has her own personal landline, and they had the house phone, right? One was on the dial-up internet, one was not, all right? Because if you were on the internet, you couldn't talk on the phone. I know this is mind-blowing to you, okay? It's craziness. Right? But even if I called her personal landline, still her dad would answer the phone. Right? And so I'd have to talk to her dad before I ever talked to her. I know it's super weird to you, right? I couldn't text her. Right? I couldn't just call her cell phone. I couldn't FaceTime or anything like that. I had to actually physically talk to her parents. And now I look back and I'm like, that's kind of weird. But that's how it was. Right? Too complicated. Right? Is she worth it, Lance? No. <laughs> All right. I don't know. That's a question you got to answer, bro. I've been married 10 years. I'm good. I'm good, dude. All right. Hey, so listen to me. There's, imagine though, and look, this, is, this has been a game changer for me. Look, I got a little girl now. I do. Listen to me. And it changes things a little bit when you're, when you're a dad and you got a little girl and all of a sudden you start to think about it from that, from that point of view and you're like, dude, if, if some little boy starts calling or texting Daily Grace and he doesn't have... Uh, he doesn't have the guts to, to talk to me. That may be a little bit of an issue, right? If, 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 he, if he doesn't think highly enough of her to, to humble himself a little bit to talk to her father, that's going to change the way I think about him automatically. Likewise, fellas, if, if you're not willing to have conversations with the people who are raising that girl, then you don't have any business dating that girl. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. And look, not all parents are created equal. You're not gonna get along with them. Candace's mom hated me for years. I'm gonna be honest with you. She still doesn't, I mean, I'm, I was not her choice, okay? I'm just gonna be real with you. There's a cute guy up in a, the next town over in Mississippi that she really wanted Candace to end up getting married to. Didn't work out, huh? So she had to settle for me, right? But it happens, okay? But listen to me, her parents have authority in her life. And if they can't trust you, you're gonna, you're gonna sabotage your relationship from the very beginning. Now, it doesn't mean that you're gonna see eye to eye on everything, and it doesn't mean that you can't disagree at some points, okay? But we talked just a few weeks ago about honoring your parents, right? And there's some honoring of your parents that has to happen in these relationships. And there's two sets of parents or two sets of guardians involved. And while you are living under their authority, while they're paying for insurance and gas and 
a roof over your head and they're paying for those dates that you think you're paying for because you had like the 20 bucks that you spent on the food, right? But they're paying for all the other aspects of it. All right, you, you better honor your parents and their parents. It's gonna set you up on, in a place for you to be able to have a healthy relationship. And kind of to piggyback off, the second thing is that biblical dating is conducted under the authority of the family. <clears throat> Family's tricky and it's really as easy as it sounds initially. But here's the point. As someone who is dating, I have to ask myself if I'm willing to submit to the authority figures in my life as well as to the authority figures in my significant other's life. I've counseled far too many families where this uh, fairly simple guideline was tossed aside. The truth is, ladies, if your boyfriend isn't willing or capable to submit to the authority of his parents, he will never truly respect any authority figures. Likewise, if he ever causes you to choose between honoring your parents and pleasing him, you have a clear indication that he's only truly in the relationship for himself. I I said a lot right there, but listen, girls or guys, if your significant other makes you choose between honoring their parents and pleasing you in a relationship, that relationship is destined to fail because that person is choosing their needs over what is biblical in your life. So if, if girls, if your parents say, hey, you gotta be home at 11, and your boy's like, you know what, we could just, we could roll in at like 11.30 and be like, hey, mom, dad, you know, we got caught by the train or what, I don't you know, we, got, we couldn't, or I don't know. We had a train that ran right through the middle of town where I grew up and like, if, if you were late, everybody would be like, I got caught by the train, except my house was literally one block from the train. My parents knew when the train was coming through. Couldn't be lying about the train, all right? Uh, the train came in at 8.57. It is 10.30. <laughs> not going not gonna to cut it, right? Okay? But listen to me. If your significant other is making you choose between honoring your parents or honoring any authority figure in life and them, then you, you got to stop and have a conversation, at the very least, because that person is, is choosing themselves not only over your parents and the authority figures, they're choosing themselves over you because they are asking you at 15, 16, 17, 18 years old to choose them over authority, to choose them over what is right and what is godly. And it doesn't matter how much you're in love with them, that starting at that age is gonna be unhealthy, it's gonna be toxic for the rest of your life. And I know, I know it sounds so dumb, you're like, hey, old dude who's been married forever and has a bunch of kids, right? You don't know what you're talking about, right? I'm telling you, there's not a week that goes by in what I do that I'm not talking to one of you or one of your parents. And there's a bunch of you in this room right now who already know that you've talked to me, your parents have talked to me. Or I've talked to your older siblings. Or I've talked to your friends. And I'm just telling you that this is, this is where it starts. Uh, little things. Uh, we're going to, uh, our parents don't want us to do this or they want us to do this. Or we'll go park one of our cars in the youth building parking lot on a Wednesday night. And we'll take the other car and we'll go somewhere else. And then mom and dad call Josh and say, hey, so and so at Replicate tonight? And guess what I got to say? I, I, they weren't here. Okay. Or, oh, did so-and-so come to your house tonight? <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't seen them. And it's these little things that happen where it's one person generally saying, hey, don't you want to be with me? 
It's just, just, it's just a little thing, not a big deal. That's where it begins. R- biblical relationships are conducted under the authority of the family. And here's this huge thing. Biblical dating, biblical relationships always have marriage as its direct goal. Or the, deter- I put it this way, or the determination of it. So what I mean by that is the point of a dating relationship, contrary to what culture and society are gonna tell you, the point of a dating relationship is to determine whether or not the person that you're dating is someone that you uh, can or should spend the rest of your life with. And this is contra- we're gonna talk about the opposite of this in just a second, modern dating, in just a second. But listen to me. It, your dating relationships, okay, they speak to the key question we asked, right? It speaks to the key question we asked earlier. What's the point of the purpose of dating? The point of the purpose of dating is to eventually enter into a covenant marriage relationship that honors God. God has placed man and woman on earth for the purpose of glorifying him individually, but also together to represent Jesus Christ and his love for the church. That's what marriage is about. And it honors God when done properly. And dating relationships aren't about us having fun and experimenting with one another and and dating someone who's hotter than us or more popular than us so we can gain social status, right? Or, Or just so we can have a companion Right? Or just because we don't get enough love at home and we need affection and, uh, and belonging and self-worth in a relationship. Dating is not about any of that stuff. Dating, if we're doing it biblically, is about finding the person that we're going to spend the rest of our life with. Now, <clears throat> does that mean like you go on one date or have one conversation and you're like, nope, not me. Boom, you're done. Not, not generally how it works. But I'll say this, guys and girls. If you ever get to a point in a dating relationship where you know, I cannot marry this person, the relationship has to end. You know why? Because the rest of the time, you're wasting your time, you're wasting her time or his time, and not only are you wasting time, you're doing things, you're sharing intimacy together that was not meant for you to share with that person. And let me tell you something. Let me just tell you a hard truth. Guys and girls both. There's gonna come a time when you're in a dating relationship or you're about to get married, you're engaged, or whatever, you're gonna have to answer some difficult questions with the other person. There's gonna be that inevitable question, what have you done with whom? Physically, I'm talking about. What intimate moments and encounters have you shared, and how many people have you shared them with? And tell me about them. And you know what? That conversation's gonna be awkward enough for you to tell everything that you've done. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I had to have that conversation with Candace. It was, it was, it was tough. But you know what's tougher than me having to tell her? It's her then having to say, you know what? I've now got to compare myself to every one of these people in every aspect of anything that he's ever done for the rest of my life. It's, it's what happens. And girls especially, okay? This happens for guys and girls. But especially, right, our self-worth and our value is so wrapped up in this stuff that it's impossible to escape from. And so the more that happens after you, uh, and we'll talk about this more next week, but the more that happens after you know that this relationship doesn't have marriage as it's in, that's more stuff that you're going to have to deal with down the road. And so if a guy and a girl are in a relationship and they know they're going to get married, but we're having fun, we, we, we like to hang out together, we like to do other stuff together, whatever, right? Every time you kiss that person, every time you hug that person, every time you do something else with that person, right? It's essentially you are kissing someone else's wife. 
you're kissing someone else's husband. That's what's happening. Because they're going to go and they're going to marry someone else, but you're doing all these things that are supposed to be for that marriage. Does that make sense? And look, I sit here as guilty as anyone else on the face of the earth. But I also sit here as a 34-year-old who's been married for 10 years and had to have these conversations, not only with me and Candace, but with dozens and dozens of teenagers and adults where this is real stuff that, that ends up having to happen. And so marriage, okay, is a, is a very tricky thing. It is the end goal, right? Look, I've had conversations with some of you that say, hey, look, I, I'm dating this person, and look, we're not going to get married. I know that we're not. What should I do? And you could answer, you could know right now what I've, what I've told you. If you're not going to get married, then break up with them, right? Don't be, a, don't be a jerk about it, right? But it's, what, why, why, why would you stay together, right? Well, because, hey, listen to me. You know, how many, you know how many couples I've seen get married because they were comfortable with the other person? And you know how well that works out? Not, not well. It doesn't. And so this has to be in the forefront of our mind. We gotta fly through this. Listen to me. You listen fast, I'll talk fast. Modern dating, which is the opposite of this. One, it assumes many romantic partners, right? It's that adage, uh, you have to play the field in order to discern what you like and don't like, right? I have a lot of parents, right, who give that advice. Like, hey, you just gotta get out there and kind of just see what you like and you gotta kind of test the waters and date this person and date that person. And really, yeah, plenty, yeah, plenty of fish in the sea. You gotta kind of test it all out and kind of see what works and doesn't work which is super awesome, except it's not. The problem, though, <clears throat> is that with each partner that I date, listen to me, that doesn't become my wife, I'm wasting my time and their time. So if I spend two years with a girl that I know six months in isn't the one, I've wasted at least 18 months of my time that I could have been focused on other things with eternal significance. Right, because the truth is, if you're dating someone that you know you are not gonna marry, you're not focused on eternal things. You're focused on earthly things. And fellas, let's be real. We know what you're focused on, all right? If you continue to date someone that you're not going to marry, okay, we should be honest with ourselves, okay? So everything I do, every little bit of intimacy that I give to someone I'm dating is something I can't fully give to my wife or to my husband one day because I've already given it to someone else, right? And again, God is faithful to forgive you, and, and, and we make mistakes, and it happens, and there's repentance and reconciliation that happens. But there's still earthly consequences. There's still hurt. There's still things attached to that that you can't take back. Does that make sense? Modern dating is also conducted outside the oversight of the family. It's kind of the opposite of number two on the first one. Sneaking around and dishonoring your parents uh, or their parents never works out well. Um, you may disagree. They may be wrong. They're still your parents or their parents. and We honor Christ and how we honor the authority in our lives. And also, clearly, it doesn't have marriage as its goal. And we've pretty much covered that already. So a few key differences, not that you haven't seen these already. We got like seven minutes, so we're going to go fast, okay? Modern, uh, let's skip this. We'll come back to that next week. Modern dating says we need to spend a lot of time alone with the person we're dating. All right? Two teenagers alone with nothing to do, what could possibly go wrong? All right? Um, I always advise students and parents of students to set rules and boundaries, uh, that, that help to pre prevent disasters. Hey, and we'll talk about this next week too, but guys, you're the leaders. And I know this is difficult. Look, I'm a dude too, I get it. All right? But set, set some boundaries and some parameters up front. Hey, guess what? Hey, just let me 
keep it real with you. You do not need to be alone on the couch watching TV while her parents or your parents are in bed. You don't need to be alone in the dark with your significant other because you know what's gonna happen? If you don't, I'll explain it to you later. It's, it's inevitable. At some point, if you spend enough time alone with someone of the opposite sex, bad things will happen. It just is what it is, guys. You go park your car off somewhere and nobody else is around, bad things will happen. It, it, they just will. And so you know how to prevent that? Don't be alone in compromising positions. Hey, guess what else? I, I, I had to, look, I, I've been, uh, I've had to counsel a lot of guys about this. <clears throat> it's really hard for you to get accused of something that you didn't do if you're not in a position to be accused. Guys, okay? There's, there's, when, if you're alone with a girl, right, bad things can happen or somebody can say something bad happened or somebody can just perceive that, hey, they spent a lot of time alone by themselves. They must be doing this or that. And there's nothing you can say about it. It is what people say. So what else can you do, right? Hey, you can, you can actually go and, and go out. On, it doesn't mean that you can't spend any time alone ever. But look, you can, you can spend a lot of time on group dates. Y'all are all very likable people. You could go out as groups. It'd be fun. I know it sounds super cheesy and super lame. I get it. I was 17 once too. All right? But look, hey, you can say, hey, look, there's, there's, a, there's a few of us couples. Let's, let's just go hang out. We'll go, do, uh, go to the movies or we'll go eat or we'll go do whatever. Hey, look, I told a, I told a couple this not too long ago, or at least one person in the couple. I, look, I know this sounds like the worst idea ever. But you're, if you're struggling with this, and you're like, hey, I just can't find anything to do other than lay on the couch and make out with my girlfriend, okay? Then you know what? Hey, listen to me. You got my phone number. Text me and be like, hey, Josh, can we come, come hang out at your house? I won't let you make out on the couch. I won't. Sorry, Lance. Not going to happen. You, didn't you just say, what? Did you just say something to me? Who was that then? Oh, well, I definitely won't let him either. Not a problem. May not be a problem for Max. I don't know. All right. Careful what you say out loud, fellas. Hey, listen to me. Hey, let me just, let me just say this real quickly, okay? And this isn't, most of these people weren't even couples, but a bunch of, bunch of y'all that came over after uh, homecoming the other night where you could have been 50 other places. Look, my youth pastor didn't open up his house to me when I was, unfortunately, my youth pastor was not saying, hey, Josh, why don't you bring your date over and y'all hang out at my house after homecoming? I'll be honest with you, I'd probably be like, no thanks, bro, I'm good. I got other things that I'm working on in my mind after homecoming. I'm just, I'm just telling you how it was. But you know what? I'm just, 